Lord, um, you've welcomed us all into your house. You've accepted us as what we are, loved us as we are, and you want to live within us and see all sides of us and transform us into into your image. I thank you for these brothers and sisters, and I pray that you will bless this time, bless our conversation as we kind of share how you have been at work in our lives. Thank you for this time. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. So I was just, I'm talking earlier that um, this is not kind of like, hey, a question and answer session. Like I'm not just the sole question guy. I will be asking questions. I will be talking. And so it's more like a conversation. Um, I'm not a facilitator or a mediator or whatever. I don't know what word to use, but like I want to be part of this conversation. So you guys have been probably um, listening to sermons and um, that Daniel's been putting together in a series on hospitality. And yeah, so this is kind of part of that series. And we wanted a couple different groups together. There's a group talking about adoption and how hospitality plays a role in that and missions and how hospitality plays a role in that. And then obviously we're a group of people of color and how hospitality may play a role in that or not. And so, yeah, I just want you to be free, share as much as you feel comfortable. You know, just be present and share your, of yourself. So I just want to start off with saying, what were, you, just, what were your initial thoughts when I first asked you? Well, uh, of course, which I've always said, why me? You know, <laughs> um, I gave some thought to it, and because, because I'm not that hospitable person that invites people in, I, like I said earlier, I am inclusive. Mm -hmm. And I do have stories, I'm a storyteller, <laughs> about some things that have happened specifically here at Grace. Mm -hmm. um, They were good stories. I came here 23 years ago. If I didn't feel welcome, I wouldn't still be here. Um, my cousin, we're from Chicago, and I had been doing a home Bible study, and I said, I need to join a church. And she says, I'll come get you next Sunday, and you can come to my church. And when I came here with her, I was very surprised. I had seen this building before. But because it was my cousin, I was expecting something totally different. Mm. And when I came in, I'm like, oh. And everybody, as we walked down the halls, was so welcoming to her. Oh, hey, you know, blah, 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 we're going to have pool party and this. And I'm like, okay, okay, I can do this. <laughs> I like this. I will be known like that. And she traveled a lot, so she was in Guam the next week. And I had to do this maneuver without her. And it was, my oldest is 33 now, but he was just a little boy. So I said, we're going to go to church together. But we always sat in the back. And because my cousin wasn't with us. So I remember saying to my son's name is Michael, I'm going to go to the front and say hello to Lou. Let him know how much I enjoyed his sermon. And, you know, there was people around him, and I waited my turn, and I came up. And what I remember him telling me is, where do you sit? 
And I said, under the balcony. He said, sit where I can see you. This is a true story. I didn't make this up. <laughs> Next Sunday, I sat down in the front, and I know he was looking at me when he was preaching. Um, and I just felt seen, and I stayed in the front. I usually stayed in the same seat. I'm, I remember one Sunday they asked us to move around, and that was really weird to me. I'm a creature of habit. I like staying where I'm at. I've been in two places in 23 years. Yeah. So that's an inclusive story of how starting from the very beginning that I felt people here were welcoming. Um, Lou was very welcoming. It's pretty much stayed the same. A lot of people I started with are not here anymore. Mm -hmm. So, but there's always that thread. And I know that sometimes, even with plaza time, people think we're not as friendly as we could be um, because people, tend to clump with their own groups. And I can remember saying, well, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to go out to Plaza Time, and I'm going to speak to a stranger. But before you can usually get out, somebody you know wants to say, oh, I haven't seen you in a week, and they want to talk to you. And it's kind of like, no, not you today. I have to speak to a stranger. Mm -hmm. And it never really worked for me. So I stayed pretty much with the people that sat near me, the people who sang, the people who read scripture or whatever. Um, and then when people would come and sit in my section, my section, I would be very welcoming and say, are you new here? And they'd say, no, I know you, Ramona. I've been coming here <laughs> for blah, blah time. And so I'd say, oh, and so I stopped saying that, you know. I said, I have to have another approach because I am recognizable in this congregation as all of you are too. So, but I never felt unwelcome, never. Um, with the pandemic, I've had lots of people um, taking the time to get to know me better. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Uh, but before I hog up the show, as I can do, I'd like to hear from somebody else. I, I heard a phrase that you said, and I think that was important. And you said that Lou saw you. And I think that's crucial in hospitality and just feeling welcome. Is that the feeling of being seen? Yes. Yeah, I think that's very, very important. And I want to push back on your like not hospitable comment, if I may, for a second. Um, I, re I remember the scene very vividly. I don't remember the day, but it was one of those days where the kids were singing up front. And my daughter's up there, and she's singing, and she's fine, and she's perfect, and nothing she can do no wrong. But and so, you know, but when she's my daughter's not singing, I'm like, okay, can you move this kind of move this along? Because like, I don't, have that. I don't have yes. that. <laughs> but I saw you, Summer. You you, you stood, stood out to me. You were clapping. You had the biggest smile on your face, and you were cheering these kids on. And I'm like, that's what I need. That's Jesus telling, let the children come to me. That's hospitality to me, and I wanted—I just wanted to share with that with you because that, that really struck with me when I saw and noticed that. Well, thank you, and it's—it's it's something that comes easy. So when I think of hospitality, I think of something that I don't do normally. Right. Uh, for me, because 
whatever Sunday that was, I probably rehearsed with the kids. <laughs> I knew all the songs. No, but, it was but, all but for come up there and sing with them. When I'm picking up Bethany, you're always like, hey, Miss Bethany, we miss you, and things like that. You're very welcoming with the children. Yes. And I, I really appreciate that. I do miss them. Yeah. It's hard being a Sunday school teacher without a class. Mm. Mm. Um, for me, I think, I think it's been like six, seven years now. So I might be the, am I the, uh, I guess, been here the, the least junior, amount of time? Junior member. The, yeah, the junior yeah. member. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, when you asked me, I, I like to be invited to things, so yeah. I was like, I was pumped to come. Yeah, like every time I ask you to do stuff, you're always like, yeah, I'm like, hey, can you do this for me? Because I can't make it, but I wrote something out. Like So yeah, I like to like, uh, I like to, especially, I mean, especially now with the pandemic and everything yeah. shut down and, and uh, everything. So I was pumped to, to be here and talk and everything. Um, so yeah, I've been, I think we, my wife and I have been coming for about six, seven years now. And it was like right around that um, time where I think there was a couple years and then we went through the whole transition and everything. So um, our first initial, and I think part of it was us just kind of easing in and we kind of hang out in the back. We would hang out in the back and we would, we would get here just a little bit late and then leave a little bit early, you know, kind of doing that, just kind of dipping our toe in the water and, and feeling it out. And then um, we started to stay a little bit, but our, we kind of had that like plaza time situation where we didn't know where to go because everybody's in their little groups and talking and stuff. So I think if, it took us a few years to feel comfortable um, uh, just being out and being, you know, and, and then having people, you know, coming up and talk to us and stuff. So, um, but now, I mean, I feel like, uh, I feel like we've done a really good job with the transition. I know that was one of our areas of, of growth. And I really think that they've, they've been intentional with making those opportunities for newer members to, to get involved and to be seen and, and to have a place to kind of to go. So, um, so I, I, now we feel, you know, welcome. And I've always been comfortable in, I know you're talking about we stand out. Uh, I've always been kind of, because I grew up in, in Roanoke, Virginia, where it was like, Three Mexican people in the whole school. Me, my sister, my brother. And, you know, and so, like, so I've always, I've never had that uncomfortability of, like, being one of the only, you know, in, in a certain system. So, so that's just how it's been. So I've never, I've never had a struggle with that. So coming in, I kind of didn't even really notice it until I started, like, you know, started talking more about it and diving into, like, you know, um, the, the diversity issue and stuff, but but yeah, I mean, for the most part, we felt really welcome. Yeah. What is it about Plaza Time that makes people feel exposed? I think it's the fear of rejection a little bit, mm -hmm. you know? Has anybody ever been rejected on the Plaza? I think people may have perceived themselves as rejected. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's kind of like a little junior high type feeling of like, oh, I'm gonna go talk to that person, but they're busy, they're talking to somebody else, and you know, I don't want to interrupt, or you know that kind of kind of feeling, which is I think natural in yeah. in most social settings for most people, not everybody, not everybody. Not for everybody. me, it is. I'm an, I'm an introvert, so these are these are like our struggles. Yeah. 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 
there's been times, I know there's been times like in the beginning when we were first starting and we were just getting to know people, like you'd go, like I remember a couple times that you'd start talking to somebody and then somebody else would like come in that they knew like really well and then all of a sudden it was like, that's, the yes. attention went there and then right. you're, you're kind of like, mm -hmm. like you know, so. Um, that happens, yeah. Yeah. That's but it, there was no, it was, I mean, not that there needs to be any kind of structure or anything, but it was just kind of like, like a free-for-all kind of thing, you know, you just go and you find your group and you kind of just sit and. But I think once they started opening up second hour groups, it was nice because then I felt like, oh, yeah, there's a place now I can go and get that kind of interaction. It's kind of more intentional instead of, uh, you know, do it on your own. And I th you never know what someone else is thinking um, in their reaction towards you. I invited a friend from work years ago to come. Oh, you got to come to my church, my church. She was here early, and she sat in the lobby with her little boy. She was Hispanic, had a mixed-race boy. And when I came in and I saw her and I said, come, this is where I sit and stuff. And afterwards, I said, so how do you like it? How did you like it? And all she could remember was she came early. She sat in the lobby next to a woman, and she said the woman got up and moved to the corner. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, maybe she was just giving you more space for you and your son, but that hurt her. Mm -hmm. And that's what she left with. Mm -hmm. Right. So, I mean, sometimes I, we can do things that we don't mean mm -hmm. to offend another person. So, you know, I don't know how that changes. I tried to talk her, I tell her that that wasn't, that wasn't what was happening, but I don't know who she sat next to and what that lady was thinking. But I doubt that that was it. But I think she came in already uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And to have that happen, that's the first thing, was it hurt her feelings. Mm -hmm. Now me, if somebody had sat down, moved, I would have been said, oh, thank you for giving me more space. But I don't actually need that much. <laughs> My name is Ramon. I would right. just start a yeah. conversation. And then I would know if she was like, you know, didn't want to talk to me. Yeah. And then that would be clear. Right. Yeah. But I wouldn't be just assuming mm -hmm. that she didn't want to be near me. I mean, that could happen, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't assume it. Yeah. And I don't sure. think I'm an extrovert either. Oh, really? Tack <laughs> <laughs> no, thinks I'm an extrovert. No, I'm not an extrovert. Like, my wife swears. Like, I, can't, I don't like being around people. I just want to be left alone. The time. I'm just like a crotchety old man. Well, but do you yeah, think you, an extrovert can be like that? Wants to be left alone? Because I don't think he really wants to be left alone. I think he's convinced himself he wants some alone time, <laughs> which is different than being, you know, an introvert. Is there, is there anybody here extroverted, or, or would you say self-identifying? Yeah. Self-identifying? Yeah, I think. You think you are? Yeah, well, I don't know. COVID's kind of changed that, but <laughs> um, definitely, I think if you asked everyone who knew me, I'm definitely an extrovert, but I have that personality. I'm curious. So I want to know who you are, your story. Why are you wearing that? Tell me where you got it. Um, yeah, I, thinking of why me, like, well, why do people want to hear from me? Um, and what do I have to say? But hearing your stories, college group when I entered, so I only beat you by two years. <laughs> um, and I went to a different church growing up, but we started 
my family being the only Hispanic family in a very white church. So we stood out. Um, but as a five-year-old there, I wanted to meet everybody. So people knew who I was before they met my parents. Right. Because they're like, oh, you're Johanna's parents. And they're like, how do you know our five-year-old? <laughs> because I would just go, hi, we're new here. And because I wasn't afraid. Um, but leaving that community, I was entering a space, well, they don't know me. They don't know my parents. They don't know the life that I've lived. Am I going to be accepted? Um, but I entered college group when it was really thriving. Um, Ryan Besselmeyer was the the pastor, and it was a large group, but it was the first time that I I entered a community where I didn't feel like I had to be well-equipped to follow Jesus, um, that I could be broken and seen and loved, but still pushed to follow Christ with, like, a strong body. Um, so at the beginning, my sister and her husband were already going to Grace, they were very shy. Um, well, I shouldn't say they're very shy. They're just, they had their group. and um, But sure enough, within months, I started meeting people. I'm like, oh, do you know them? And they're like, no, we haven't met them, Johanna. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Um, but I just started meeting people because I wanted, I wanted to know. I wanted to know the story of grace. I wanted to know people. And I had served in children's ministry. And so I was like, I need to be part of this because this is what I know. Um, and this is where God's calling me. So I served there, and that's, again, how I met more people. And, um, but the college group definitely was my, my place where I felt seen, where I could bring my messiness and grow. Um, but yeah, I, I think, like you said, Manny, I didn't start recognizing who my, like, my culture until recently. Like, oh, I am Hispanic. I'm not white. I've definitely assimilated to culture to fit in. And so that's, it's, that's been a current thing, but I've never felt out of place here. I think that's the opposite for me because Chicago is so segregated mm -hmm. that it's changing a little bit. Mm. But I, I don't remember white people even. We had a, like a white principal in the elementary school. Uh, but they weren't in your church. Uh, and there was a, just a cultural way that black folks did church. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. So that when I came in here with my cousin, I'm like, <laughs> this is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, there was no discomfort. Mm -hmm. It just didn't look like what church looked like to me. Mm. It didn't sound like what church sounded like. Everybody here was so quiet. Mm. You know, there was no call and response. Right. Yeah. And um, my boys were uncomfortable with me mm. because I was a bit too enthusiastic and noisy, you know. Um, but they was uncomfortable with me, period, like that. So it wasn't just here. <laughs> But I, I, I never did anything for show, but I wanted to do, I mean, there are songs that are sang here from the very beginning that just move you, mm -hmm. move you to tears, move you to sing loud. That's what I miss about, even if I come on the plaza, mm. that you have to wear your mask and you're not supposed to sing. Mm, it's yeah. tough. 
Yeah. That's why I've been at home all this time, because I sing yeah. at home. Yeah. My husband will close the doors, but I sing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a different experience for me coming than the two of you guys right. had, because yeah. you were kind of used to that already, but I wasn't, I wasn't used to it. We started coming here about 12 years ago, um, and we sat in the balcony for years because I am an introvert. I, am also, I was also at the time new to church, new to Christianity, the whole thing. So I'm like, yeah, I'm sitting in the back. Oh, this balcony is even further in the back there. I'm sitting in the back of the balcony. <laughs> you can't see anything um, from there. We, and we didn't really like talk to a lot of people and make a lot of friends um, intentionally because of me. Like, you guys all know my wife, Erin. She's the exact opposite of me. So she was like eager to like meet people and, you know, make friends and make connections. And I was like, you know, church is over. We got, we're going, no second hour, none of that. The it was, it was, was part of right. my growth process. Yeah. The Raider game was on right. The Raider game was on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was devastated when they closed the balcony. <laughs> I was crushed. Um, so, of course, we go sit in the very front. Yeah. We sit in the very front. Um, and, you know, then we kind of, we started making connections, making friends. And I was coming out of my shell um, quite a bit and just getting more open to, uh, I want to say this culture, because it is, it's, it's a culture of, like, church culture, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was getting used to that, getting into that, and um, making friends, making connections, and uh, really, like, the aspect of hospitality, I never really gave it a lot of thought until, actually, Lou did a, a sermon series on hospitality a few years ago. Mm-hmm. That's the first time I started really thinking about it, but it was probably around that time that we started becoming, or trying to be more hospitable, inviting people over, making connections, making, you know, real friendships, and it just has kind of grown from there. Um, I never felt any, like, discomfort or anything by or, uh, congregation at Grace or anything, but... That's not to say it's perfect, because as an introvert, I do a little talking and a lot of watching, mm-hmm. and Aaron would probably think like too much analyzing <laughs> and coming up with my own theories, um, but I'm not sure that everybody's had the same um, hospitality experience that, that I've had, or the lack of discomfort that I've had. Uh, other people of color, I'm not sure it's been the same experience for everybody else at Grace. Um, but you said you've been watching. You watch. So, I mean, have you seen things that you thought were uncomfortable for other people? Not um, like, boom, I saw that event. That was horrible. But like a series of things and maybe the way people are treated or the way people are not treated and how people, different people are treated differently, that kind of stuff. And this is just by... People in the congregation, not, you know, uh, staff or anything like that. Um, but at the same time, I also think that's human nature. That's right. just society. That's just the way it is. Just the way we've been. So I, I'm not blaming church culture or grace or anything like that. It's 2020 American society. Yeah. So. It's a tack. That's just kind of, I think that's part of the reason I thought of you when Daniel asked me to think of some names. This is like... I need tack on here because, like, recent, more recent 
convert and kind of maybe have a little, a little bit more ex perspective on like what church culture is like because you can see it because you're coming from like mm -hmm. you're just coming in you can see like why do they do this and so you can start <laughs> questioning it when we're here and we're we're kind of in it's in the air we don't question anything but like but so that's kind of why you came to mind you know because i know that you think and you you think seriously about things like that um i mean i had the same reaction when Daniel asked me to do a talk on hospitality. I'm like, I don't know anything. My wife is the one that invites people over. I normally don't invite people over to anything. I mean, and growing up, that was the way I was. I didn't invite people, like, best friends of mine would have never been over to my place or anything like that because it was just, I didn't, I didn't want them there. I didn't want them to see kind of my life and that part of my life, and that's, and I know we think about hospitality as just inviting people over to our house, but I, I kind of want to push us to think about it as like, okay, are we inviting people into our lives, into seeing all of us, the messiness of us? And are we being invited to other people's lives? Are we being invited to this life at grace? So, yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking through more so. Um, Daniel... I don't know if you saw the last sermon, but he mentioned people of color, and then he asked a bunch of questions like, like, how, do you feel estranged? Are you still feeling estranged? And is, does grace make space for our story? And, you know, so that, I think that's my next question is, what is your story? What brought you to Christ? What, how do you locate yourself in God's larger story, and I, I can start off because just because so I'll give you time to think about it because I think I just dropped it on you. So, I mean, yeah, I grew up here. My parents, you know, we left Cambodia because of the war, refugees here, um, and I had a rough childhood. And like my parents fought a lot, and like there was domestic violence and. My dad left us on and off again, and so like I had a really rough childhood, and we were poor a lot, and so, and I was the oldest, and so like I had to make sure everything was right. I had to make sure and try to take care of my mom, and also my siblings, and you know that's you know again why I didn't invite anybody over. I didn't want them to see that part of me, and my part of my life. But my cousin invited me to church, and. I met this God, this Jesus, that said, you don't have to carry that. I will carry that for you. All the repercussions of whatever sin you did and whatever that's in your family and all that stuff, you don't have to carry that. I'll carry that with you, for you. I've carried that on the cross. And so I was just thinking about that as Daniel's been talking about God is... You know, like, there's God's welcome. And I just get this picture in my head, like, I'm knocking on God's door. And that's, you know, I show up and he says, yeah, let me take that burden off you. Come in here. Be part of this household. And so that's, that's how I experience God's hospitality. That's kind of how I find myself within his larger story of hospitality, of inviting people who are other, who are strangers, who are on the margins and, you know, like that experience kind of shapes how I move forward. Like, 
I see a lot of my students and how they're living. And, you know, legally, I can't just say, hey, you need Jesus in your life. But, you know, but it helps me relate to them. And it helps me like, hey, let me help you carry that burden. Like, let me know what's going on. And let me help you carry that burden and, you know, try to think and catch up with you. Because a lot of our students are carrying a lot of stuff that they really shouldn't be. And I, yeah, that's, that's how I locate myself. Do you think students are caring more than they should be? Is that something recent? Is it something that's starting to get worse? Because of the circumstances? I don't know if it's getting worse, but I'm maybe just more attuned to it because of just the situation. Because they have to come and tell me, like, hey, I miss class. And they, they don't want to say, I, they just don't want to leave it at that. They mm -hmm. want to tell somebody why they miss class. And so they just tell me. And I'm like, yeah, man, I can't, I don't know what to say. Like, I don't, yeah, you know. And so it's just. But they were heard. They were heard. Because they, you, they said it to you. They were, and I, hopefully they were heard and they were seen and they felt like, yeah, it's okay. It, it's maybe, I, don't, I can't say that it's going to get better, but like at least they were heard and maybe like they know somebody kind of understands what they're going through. You know? And sometimes I'll share parts of my life that are similar to theirs to know like, you know, like it may seem like I got all this stuff together, but it didn't, it didn't, wasn't always that way. I know from working in children's ministry, mm -hmm. um, and, and this is not recent, this is going way back, that the kids would, you know, I'd say, and I've done from kindergarten to fourth grade. So even with the little ones, I'd say, you know, so how was your week? You know, and they would tell me something that a first grader shouldn't even know. Right. I'm like, I'm trying to keep the look off of my face, like what? <laughs> and they would just talk, and I would, you know, smile. And and I, they were too young for me to pray with them, but I would pray for them mm -hmm. because that was just a normal statement that they were telling me. And I'm like, that's heavy. I mean, they were just when I came up, certain things you just didn't know. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know what I thought. That I thought because I was in a church that uh, people weren't going through things. The little kids didn't know things. Um, but God has always worked with me through the children because sometimes you just don't know what to say to them. Right. You know, like, that has not been my experience. But... Um, I'm here for you if you just want to talk. Because usually they didn't want to talk about it. I, I asked, <laughs> how was your week? And they told me. And then they just moved on. It wasn't a crisis thing. They were just talking. So this is getting kind of heavy. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I had a similar, like, like it's not back. I mean, as far as, you know, our house was volatile. Yeah. There was a lot of fighting going on. Um, and we were young. And, you know, that stuff, this chaos is, is, is a lot. So um, 
and, and we were poor. Uh, my dad uh, and my mom divorced, and my dad moved back to California, and I was with my, my mom in Virginia. Um, I had friends that would, uh, you know, my, my, my mom's dad, so my, gran- my grandpa, was a pastor. And so we were around the church, but we never really went, you know. My, my mom was, you know, she, was, she said she was Christian, but we didn't really practice. We didn't read or, or any of that. Um, but I had friends that I would go to their churches and stuff, and we would go to church camp and all that stuff. But um, I don't feel like it was real. I didn't get really serious until um, I had moved to California. I had really, like, um, reconnected with my dad, and I would moved out here my senior year to live with him. And um, right after that, I had graduated. Um, I uh, found this college group. And, you know, my dad and I, we had issues from five, six years ago that we're, that we're dealing with and stuff. And so uh, we were going through like a rough patch. And I remember going to the um, uh, service and hearing the, I forget what the pastor was talking about, but it just made me, I'm like, I could go talk to this guy afterwards. I got to just let him know what's going on. And this is the first time he's ever met me. So um, he gets done. I go up to him uh, and uh, I introduce myself and I tell him um, some of the issues that I'm having. And, and he just looks at me and he's like, what are you doing tomorrow? And I'm like, oh, nothing. He's like, you want to go to lunch? And so he, he took me out to lunch, and he heard me, and, and I got plugged into that church. And um, it's where I still have some of my uh, really good friends, and, and um, that's where I met my wife as well. So, uh, But it all started, and I, I look at it because I was in Chino at the time, and this church was all the way in Santa Fe Springs. So I was, like, driving. But I would make that drive. It all started because he, like, just was like, do you want to go to lunch? And he, he reached out. So that hospitality of just, and, and that was his like motto. And our college group was just, I mean, we were, at one point we were at like 300 people for a college group. And it was just, cause I, I felt like there was that need to be seen and heard and to belong. And he really did a good job of, of you could tell that was on his heart. And he, he would always tell us, cause I, I would become, I became part of like the uh, leadership team there. And, um, he would always tell us, like, take three minutes to find one new person. And so we would, you kind of like, you, you, you know, but it, it, it starts out as like, okay, this is our mission. But then it turns into something like, I mean, I met some, like, really cool people and, and people that are, like, my really dear friends now uh, through that. And it was something so simple to just kind of, like, seek out that person that looks like they're either by themselves or, or they, they look like, you know, you've never seen them before and, and make them feel comfortable, make them feel welcome. And, and the ministry thrived mm-hmm. because of that, because there's that need to connect and be a part of something. That's a wonderful idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that always stuck with me. I mean, yeah. it's three, two, one. It's really easy, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, it always stuck with me. And uh, I don't really, I should practice it more now. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've got, I feel like I, I'm like an extrovert. I think for the most part, I like to talk. My wife will back me up on that. She's usually the one trying to like get me to the car to leave um, after church. But uh, I, I, that's the one thing I, I know it, I, I, when I was looking through the notes and you were talking about how can you be more hospitable. And that was one of the things I was like, man, I need to get back to that. Kind of just like search out that person that looks uncomfortable or looks like they need that interaction and, and go up to them and, mm-hmm. and just get to hear a little bit about them and their story and stuff, so. Yeah, yeah being seen and known. 
Um, I think my parents modeled that very well. Um, so growing up in a church, and we didn't have much to offer. It was just my parents were always willing to have people over or to give to the community even when they weren't recognized or they didn't have, the, the person couldn't give anything back. Mm-hmm. Um, and just watching that, seeing my mom serve, she had a full-time job, but she was willing to serve in ministry. Um, she would like babysit the pastor's kids, even if she wasn't friends with the pastor. She's like, oh, you need a date night? Sure. Nothing mm-hmm. like, oh, I get to be in the core group of the pastor's family. No, never that. <laughs> it was always like, I can just, this is a way I can give to our church family. And my dad, even if he wasn't at an event or like helping out in the event, he's like, oh, I'll be there to help out to set up. And he was, yeah, he was just so willing. And I saw that modeled really well at home. Um, If a new family came to the church and they didn't have a car, there was one time that I think from being a child seeing my dad gave their, his car to them, and he was like, we're going to trust that God will provide another car. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this is how my parents do it. And, and I'm sure there was more to it, but as a kid, that's what I saw. Um, and, of course, like I said earlier, just always being curious. I wanted to know who you were, why are you here, <laughs> and you have something to offer. Like, I always see people as a gift, and I saw that as a child. Um, where I'm like, I just want to listen. So that's something where I may just end up listening the entire time and like, oh, I have nothing to say because I want to listen. Um, well, us talkers need people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just we're call me. Just we're call me. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think as I've gotten older, just seeing people, especially with students, like I've worked with students, that, that was my um, what I got my degree in, child development, because kids need someone to listen or someone to listen to them and and I think because I have this desire that I'm like God's going to speak through this person and I just need to be patient and willing to listen they don't need to hear what I have to offer I just yeah they have so much more they're more of a gift and so I think I saw that modeled through my parents and that desire began to build up and COVID's made it hard because <laughs> now I'm, because even before I love, this is so weird. I love going to places by myself because I want to meet people. So traveling, I, I do that a lot. Well, not anymore, but um, we're at, I, yeah, just being in different countries. And I'm like, there's so much to this country that's so rich that I, I want to know why. Why, why do they live this way? Why do they cook these meals? Okay, like, let's figure it out. And um, so listening and watching, because I know how much it means to feel seen and known. Um, yeah, but right now it's been hard because I can't go anywhere by myself to a store. It's like, yeah. here's a mask. I can't see your smile, but I can't really have a conversation because it's a limited time of being in the store. Yeah, but it's just seeing people as a gift. Well, part of what you guys have said is a, about being intentional mm-hmm. about um, actually 
speaking to someone and, and drawing something out. I went on a missionary, city missionary thing with Cindy Toler, and one of the things we did is we went in the grocery store, and where were we? Indian grocery store? But we were supposed to talk to people there. So, you know, we get things off the shelf that we didn't know what they were, you know, and ask somebody. And that was really interesting to be intentional about having a conversation with somebody. And that's why you're in the grocery store. Mm -hmm. um, that was something I had never done before. I mean, it happens because I'm on the elevator or whatever, <laughs> but say, okay, this is my assignment. Mm -hmm. Now I want to find somebody and talk to them. And it, it was so simple. People really... And especially if they can tell you something. Oh, this is called a so-and-so bean. And I'm like, yeah, well, what do you do with it? You know? <laughs> oh, it's really good in this or that and the other. And it was like, that's interesting. I might buy it one day, but yeah, not today. <laughs> but being intentional, I think I'm going to walk away with that mm -hmm. today from just hearing how important that is. And I like that little exercise, find somebody. Mm -hmm. I mean, it seems simple. Yeah. And it's... Something that I would do when I had a large, because we used to have children's ministry like in this room right here, mm -hmm. and there would be lots of kids and not so many adults sometimes. So it was hard when you see a little one sitting in the corner, you know, to spend that kind of time with them because you have to make sure that the rest of the boys weren't killing somebody. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but you would, there's always that somebody who doesn't want to play who doesn't want to be in a mix of things mm -hmm. and, you know, and is sitting alone by themselves. That is something that's easy. But to go up to somebody and say, now find somebody, when you're talking about adults, yeah, that's, that's a very, I like that. I like that. When you um, mentioned listening, it reminds me, reminds me of a story. Not a great story, but um, when we first started coming here, um, I was volunteering in some aspect. It was like the parking team, something like that. Um, and there was this gentleman who I was introduced to him. I told him my name, said, hey, how you doing? We talked a little bit. Then we kind of went about our business. And then I swear in the next year, I talked to him three or four more times. And each time... He thought he was meeting me for the first time. <laughs> and he asked me my name each time. And I told him my name each time. And each time after that, not the first time, but like the second through like the fourth time, he had like a joke about my name every single time. Same and I was joke? like, like uh, it was like two different jokes out of the okay. four, you know? And like by the third or fourth time, I was like so annoyed by this. And I just like had to like vance to Aaron about this. <laughs> Dude, was, it, was the joke of like you're being sharp as attack or something like that? Yeah, yeah. something like that. <laughs> something like that was definitely one of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that just reminds me of like listening is so important. Mm -hmm. um, and I know you're an excellent listener, Manny, even though you're an extrovert. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah I I well thank you yeah <laughs> I'll tell my wife that <laughs> see what she thinks about yeah. that. Um, you know, listening is so important, even, you know, it's a big part of hospitality and making connection and things like that. Not just like spewing on and on about yourself, which is good too, because it's conversation started, but 
like when you're having a real intentional like connection with somebody like really listening and, and it's not something I'm great at like I sometimes I'm good at it sometimes you know I suck at it and I feel terrible about it I hate having to say like oh, remind me like what you do again you know mm-hmm. but uh it's really important it does it makes people feel heard and seen and yeah it's a big part of connection I mean, sometimes I get so excited, though, that, like, as soon as they tell me their name, it's like, boom, it's gone. I'm like, oh. Yeah. And I always feel so, I, I don't want to do the whole, yeah. let me ask your name again. So I'm like, I have to go, like, behind, like, back channels and, like, uh-huh. figure it out and stuff like that. But that's, yeah. I get so excited to just start getting into, like, conversation. Like, oh, shoot, what did they tell me their name was? Hmm. So... I think you guys brought up um, the just idea of listening and kind of <clears throat> being seen and heard. I think that that's definitely a big part of hospitality. And, you know, like there's that verse in Ephesians, like we were once strangers and now we're fellow citizens. We're members of the same household. I kind of want to challenge you to see, like think of maybe who's been really welcoming to you at Grace. Mm. Name and names. Name names. <laughs> yeah. That's easy. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, I mentioned before how we didn't, we didn't really like venture out and right. meet a lot of people for the first several years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always tease Aaron about this because I started our first connection. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it was um, the Sunday night football life group. Oh that, wow. You know, I they announced a bunch of life groups, and Aaron was like. Yeah. Sunday Night Football Life Group, you have to join us. And I was like, ah, oh, babe, come on. <laughs> I told you, like, no life groups. <laughs> but I joined the Sunday Night Football Life Group, and it was um, like Mark Stump, Dan Stump, okay. those guys. Um, Dan Harney. Dan Harney, I, I remember very specifically, like, meeting him and, you know, kind of, like, making a, a connection with him. And, of course, like, Aaron and Laura hit it off. Um and, you know, we started, you know, socializing and talking more and getting to know each other more. But, you know, from that, that kind of like for me as a new Christian, new to church, you know, I wasn't ready to make like social connections and make friends. Um, and that was kind of like kind of got the ball roll. What do you think about whatever <laughs> that is that made you feel so at home with them? Are we filming this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, it was, I mean, I grew up, like, completely, like, in a secular, like, household, secular lifestyle. To, like, really meet and connect with a, a, one particular guy, but, like, a group of, of Christian guys and realize, hey, like, they're just, like, normal dudes, you know? Mm-hmm. But not, not to just to hear that, but to, like, really, like, see it and experience it and hang out and say, okay, this is, like, you know, normal life. Right. Like, I needed that. You know, I needed that experience. Mm-hmm. Kind of the facade was taken away. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, I think, um, I think of the youngs, Brent and Adriana. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of being hospitable is, like, being able to, like, know the other person well enough to where, like, you can kind of sense their need. And I think, um, Johanna, you, you brought up like how your mom was just babysitting for the pastor. And like, 
the youngs do a really good job when sensing when my wife Janice and I are like up here mm -hmm. in like stuff, you know? And they're like, hey, we're gonna take your kids for the week and you guys go out to dinner, go do, go do something. And I think to have a relationship where you are, know each other well enough to be like, you don't even have to ask and they know this is what you need at the moment. Mm -hmm. This is what you need at the time. It's kind of like, you know, God is like, sometimes he's like, he gives you what you need right then because he knows. And so to be in a relationship where somebody just knows and like, okay, you need this now. And I'm not even, I'm not even asking your permission. We're just going to steal your kids for a couple of times <laughs> and act like we're like, you're doing us a favor or something like that. You know, you know, people do that. So I think that, yeah, that's been really influential in how I think about, am I hospital the people? Do I know people well enough to where like, this is what they need and I'm going to feel that. I said it was easy, then I started thinking of people, a lot of them aren't here anymore, mm. um, but we still have those relationships. Um, and it started off, again, like with college group, um, where most of us weren't living on our own, because Long Beach is too expensive to live on your own. <laughs> um, and as I began creating friendships, um, I think of the Gutierrez family, so Sydney, um, Rebecca, and George. And I became friends with Sydney, and it was like her door was always open. And then her and Austin Adams, they got married, and I just knew I could get off of the freeway coming home from Cal State Fullerton and say, hey, can I come over? Sure, come on over. Um, they didn't care if I was over almost every day. Um, and I think of the Vesselmeyers too, just their, it seemed like their door was always open to students. Um, but as I've gone older and creating more friendships, um, the Tylers, Bob and Robin, um, it seemed like you could be at their house even if they weren't there, um, if you wanted to use their pool, I mean, one of their kids was always there. But it, yeah, they're just this, it was like an open door. And it still feels like an open door um, going into their home. And the Tollers, Cindy and Steve, um, I mean, they're just so welcoming. They make you feel seen and known. And I love that when they, they can read you and they're just like, hey, let me pray for you. Or it's not, I'll be praying for you. Let me pray for you right now. And you're like, okay, yeah. How'd you know I needed that? And um, and then the, the last one, it's the Grosses, Kimmy and Steve. I mean, they yeah, they just have loved, I've experienced their love of just this openness of allowing me to be part of their lives, but also... Um, like really encouraging me and pushing me and seeing me like, these are your gifts, I want you to grow in it and not just like a surface level of friendship. Um, I mean, think of my in-laws. <laughs> I mean, but even before I, I was dating Glenn, I knew them and they have this giant Christmas party that I remember some people were invited to. I didn't know them. I didn't know their kids, and my friend was like, oh, no, no, everyone's welcome at the Turners. And I was like, are you sure? 
sure enough, I think I said hi to one of them the first time I was at their Christmas party, but they didn't care. <laughs> it's like you could be playing their piano, and they're just like, welcome. There's plenty of food. and didn't say who invited you. Well, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it's just, yeah, it's like this warmth. And I think each of those families, I think of you enter their home, and you just feel this warmth, and it's God's spirit. Um, and even like the grosses, they have a sign that says, come as you are. Mm-hmm. And just come, come into their home because you need love. <laughs> so, yeah. There's a few other families, but. <laughs> I just feel like if I start naming, I'm going to leave somebody out. <laughs> I feel too. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I got, so I'm like, I need to write yeah. it all down. Like an acceptance speech. I don't want to leave And she stole my tollers. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole part of when Cindy prays for you at the drop of a hat is she knows because she's been listening to everything that you say. Mm-hmm. So when that comes up in the prayer, when she's praying for you, you're like, oh, did I say that out loud? <laughs> yeah, she, she knows, yeah. you know. Uh, the Chungs. Um, June Anderson was one of the first. When I first started coming here, I met Jill in a, um, a Bible study. It was a, called First Stop. Mm-hmm. And Kurt Victor and some of the others did that. And Jill didn't go because sometimes she worked and she says, but you can go sit with my mother. I said, okay. So she introduced me to June. And I sat with June for many, many years until June actually died. And I thought, it's going to be strange to come in to the church now when she's not sitting there. But there's just been so many people that know what you need and give it to you. Mm. I think the difference with me is I don't let people know too much. Mm. That's, I'm not comfortable with that. So, with a person like Cindy, she doesn't usually let you get away with it. (laughs) (laughs) But for the most part, I think people do. And they they will give me as much as I allow them to give me. And that's just kind of the way I am, you know. Um, I think I get what I need. So, I'm good. Um, but there's, there's just been women in Bible studies, and and um, I'm not a group joiner either. Um, but I mean Beth, even Beth Balmer. I remember the first time I saw her playing in church, and she had that little flute thing, and she was playing the piano, and then she turned around where we couldn't see her and start playing a flute. And then she started, and I'm sitting there with my son, I'm going, whoa. I said, one day I'm going to sing with her. And he goes, she's a professional. (laughs) (laughs) And then when I started singing with her, (laughs) see? (laughs) But, I mean, she has always been, and Daniel and Lou was all, I I mean, I don't know anybody who hasn't been. Um, and and uh, but I haven't. I mean, there were people when my father died that I didn't. I didn't really mention it because he didn't live in California. But I remember getting a card and getting some money, and I'm like, who who even told you? 
Mm-hmm. When my son had his motorcycle accident, I wasn't in church because I was he was in CCU mm-hmm. all the time. But there was people calling me, praying for me. And people were telling me, oh, yeah, we heard about it in church. I'm like, well, how, how did they even find out? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's there. And I always know it's there if I need it. Um, but the list is long. The mm-hmm. list is long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking about that too. I'm like, man, I, the more I'm thinking about it, oh, I got a lot of names to list right now. Um, <laughs> I don't want to leave anybody out. But uh, yeah, it's been a very, very um, traumatic pandemic. We've had some, some traumatic events happen. So, um, I mean, the Fergusons, first of all, they've been really, I, I mean, I've known Pat since uh, we were roommates way, like in our 20s. So um, I've known him forever. So they've been, they've stepped up and they've watched our kids and they've taken them for the weekend and they've just been in there checking on us and just getting out surfing with Pat and everything. So the Fergusons, the Longs, um, they've, they've been checking up, uh, checking up on us and the Grays and getting together and having our kids play together. Um, the grosses as well. They're always so inviting and, and, um, uh, and, and, and then have us over. Um, and then, uh, the Harris's, uh, Danny and Blaine Harris, uh, Danny's during the whole pandemic, he's been coming over and, and he's been pushing me to work out and, and stay, you know, squats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Danny likes squats. There, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and so just that way, you know, give me something positive to kind of, uh, uh, get my energy out on, you know, um, and, uh, yeah, it, and I know, like, before all this, uh, the Clampets, um, mm-hmm. I know they had started a life group where they would just have people over in their homes. And, I mean, it got to the point where there was, like, 45 people sometimes okay. in their house. I was like, we were having, they were having more people at their, their uh, uh, you know, Sunday night life group than would show up to, like, a, uh, a church uh, a barbecue day or something <laughs> like that. It was crazy. It was, it was just, like so many people. So they were doing a really good job of, um, and, and we live in the same block. So, um, they just been really hospitable and opened up their homes and, and everything. So yeah, the more I think about it, I hope I don't, I'm not leaving anybody out. I, I probably am, but, um, you know, I look around and, and it's been a blessing to have those people to kind of lean on or, um, to know that they, that they're there to have your back and everything. So, hmm. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of people who are very welcoming at Grace. Mm-hmm. And I have to just say, yeah, amen to that. Um, kind of on the other side of it, um, how could we do better? How could we, as a community, do better at welcoming the stranger, maybe welcoming people of color? I mean, if we solved it right now, I mean, we wouldn't have any issues, but I mean, I'm not expecting <laughs> us to solve this right now. Yeah. <laughs> but we're, we're all claim to be somewhat introverts and we sit and notice things. So what do we notice? Looking over at the introverts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is not anything groundbreaking, but, no. you know, we all have, I think we all have to make an effort to, get out of our comfort zones, you know? Mm-hmm. Go to places we don't normally go, talk to people in settings, not only like particular people, but 
a person in a setting that you wouldn't normally talk to um, in that setting or that environment and do things different than you've done before, you know? Mm -hmm. Get outside your comfort zone. Get outside your box. Um, stand in places you haven't stood before. Yeah. It's not easy. No. Yeah. I look at it and I'm thinking, I'm like, man, I'm getting too comfortable as far as now I've kind of found a group that I can kind of gravitate towards yeah. and I know who to, I could talk with and, and but I, I want to try to make that effort to reach out and uh, make people feel connected as if, you know, when we were first coming, I wish somebody would have come up to me so I didn't have the luxury of, you know, getting in and out right. for two years, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. I wish somebody would have, um, you know, caught us the first couple times and, and kind of rubbed us in. But, um, yeah, so I'm looking at that. I'm like, man, I need to be more like how I wish somebody would have been when we were first starting to come. Because you lose that feeling of knowing. Right. That's, uh, that's the idea. That's the verse, right? Like, um, you're supposed to love the stranger because that's who you used to be, right? Like, you, you were a stranger in Egypt, um, the foreigner in Egypt. And so, like, we, Jesus tells us, remember, or Paul tells us, remember that, you know? Like, hey, remember that feeling? Like, let's not, and then, but also think about, oh, now we're one family. You can... Mm -hmm. You can go and reach out to them now. They're not supposed to be, they're not supposed to just stay a stranger. They're supposed to be brothers and sisters now. And so, yeah, I've been just kind of thinking through that also. I think somebody challenged me one a while back and asked me, like, how, as a Dacian, there doesn't seem to be, like, a shared experience. Like, you know, like, he lived, we almost, like, live parallel lives I like as people of color sometimes like I don't know if you guys feel that way or not so like the way I grew up feels very different from the way a lot of people at Grace grew up it feels very different from how my kids are growing up now it feels very different from all these things and so there's a lot of not shared experience and so sometimes I feel like my kids don't know that part of me like I'm holding back and that we're holding back from each other and I think part of it, like Tax said, is just kind of like find people different and start talking and start learning other people's story. And so you, we may not have the shared experience, but we'll have a shared experience of seeing each other's story and maybe like, like you know, start caring about what other people care about just because I know that person and that's important to them, even if I may not agree or whatever. I don't know. I might just be rambling. No. <laughs> No, I, I like the idea, um, and Ramona, is something you kind of you said, and I was thinking, and I've heard this before, for people that don't know what it's like to be, like, the only one or mm -hmm. the minority right. in a situation, is, like, put yourself in that position. So, like, when you went to, like, the Indian store, uh, and or or, yeah, or go to, like, a quinceanera or, like, right. or something, and be the only one of your kind, like, in an area, and just, and you'll get that little bit of, like, you'll, you'll know that, that, of like, what do I do kind of feeling that yeah. uh, you're stepping out of your comfort zone and, and being uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah because you, the way you grew up, you was one of very few mm -hmm. right. and the same for you. Um, my husband is of Norwegian, Swedish background, mm -hmm. 
I grew up in Chicago where I just said we didn't even see a lot of white people. So I remember going to his family reunion, and it was, I was the only one. (laughs) People wanted to touch my hair and do weird things. So it's like I'm used to the only one thing, and I'm used to the all-black thing. Mm -hmm. It's just, just, I've lived a long time. I've had lots of experiences. So... Neither one of those things fazed me, you know, yeah. it was like, yeah. But I think a lot of people don't know what it's like to be the only one. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't occur to them how that kind of situation would even happen. Um, because it's family, you know, when I go there, then that's what happens. Um, yeah. But then there's a part of that you almost forget it, you know. Um, I remember in the beginning, it felt, I, my father asked me, because he saw the picture of us. We had this great big picture. It was a turkey farm, mm. and it was just a bunch of us. And he says, well, wasn't that odd, you being the only black person there? I said, I was a celebrity. <laughs> Everybody knew me. <laughs> yeah, what was I yeah. supposed to feel? Nobody wasn't, you know, saying anything bad. Mm-hmm. Or, and, I mean, there was folks who had their feelings, you know. They didn't say them to me. And I was good. Um, but I don't think most people know what it's like to be the only one. And it's not, I would imagine they don't want to. It's, it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it may not be a good experience. I mean, if you don't even want if you can't talk to people at plaza time, you wouldn't go to another church and just chat it up. Yeah. And you're the only one that looks like you look like. Yeah. So it's, I don't know the answer to that. Because people like to be comfortable. Hmm. I think things will change once we are allowed to come back together because we'll just miss each other so much Mm -hmm. that it's like you'll want to. I don't know how normal it'll ever get, but you'll want to hug. You'll want to talk. You'll want to see somebody without their mask on. Um, Yeah. I think we'll have lots of opportunities in ways that we've taken for granted up until now because it was just there, it was just happening. Um, But I think when you take the time, people are just fascinating. And that's what I learned from children, Mm -hmm. just listening to them, you know. Uh, It's like, wow, you're just a little person. You've got ideas and feelings and experiences. And that goes for everybody. Somebody that, you know, that you talk to on Plaza Time and you might think, you might think, I don't know what, but because they're not talking, you don't know. Yeah. Until you start talking to them and go, wow, I've been missing out on that for a long time. Yeah. I think people lose their assumptions really quick when they just start to have conversations with people that are different than them. Because then you start to realize all of the similarities that you have and and that we all have similar wants and needs. And uh, I think, I know I bring it back to where I grew up because that's what I know. Um, when you're in like a homogeneous kind of situation, your ideas are never really challenged. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of just say it is what it is, is how it is, and, and you can be open about it. And, and, and if you are one of the only uh, uh, that has a differing opinion or a differing a differing view. You don't express that <laughs> because. You know, Why are you asking yeah, me that? Don't yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Yeah. So. I, I think when we when we are intentional about being around people that maybe not don't think like us or look like us or speak like us, uh, it helps break down some of those, um, you know, even un, if we've done it unintentional, but just some of those preconceived notions that we set up about groups or 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 you know whether it be whatever but yeah i think once once you start being more intentional and and getting into that a lot of a lot of you see a lot more similarities than the differences i think it depends on our posture what posture are we entering in what are our intentions when we greet someone um, are we willing to listen and see them as a gift I think I've been recently struggling with feeling too comfortable there's no challenge and when I mean challenge I'm like I'm sitting with people who think like me who either agree with me and I'm not facing this daily challenge of like of these temptations of like when I was in school, it's like people didn't know who Jesus was, but I had to be bold and say like, no, these are my values. This is what I believe in. I'm gonna be different. I may stand out, but we can still be friends. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, unfortunately, I'm not facing that anymore because I work at a church and <laughs> yeah. yeah, all of, and yeah, my, I'm in a bubble and I think that bubble I'm ready. I want to pop it because I'm like, I feel like I'm suffocating um, because, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I, I want to learn from other people, but also I want to see that I want to grow and not just stay stagnant. Well, you have to take the bus to downtown Long Beach <laughs> or a train. Yeah. She's, she's, some train. Very she's saying middle schoolers are challenging. <laughs> yeah, That's what are. she's saying. The train is definitely where it's off. I mean, I'm definitely being challenged in that way. <laughs> but more of like, yeah. Ideas and, challenge, right? You're, you're saying, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, where I, where I have to like fight those daily temptations. <laughs> there are temptations and there are daily challenges, but I think they're not the ones that I was used to where I felt or maybe could recognize that I was like, oh, I am. I am growing in my faith because it's I'm stepping into a battlefield every single day, um, but I know I'm I'm recognizing I'm also growing in different ways too. But like I said earlier, it depends on our posture. Um, are we willing Are we willing to listen and um, are we willing to step out of our comfort zone? Because especially when we're in the core, when we feel like known and seen in a community. We have so much power to invite someone in, mm -hmm. to make them feel seen. And not just a surface level question of like, hi, what brought you here? It's like, I wanna know you, like, I'm glad to see you. And then following up the next week of seeking them out. Like, are they here? And if they didn't, and hopefully you got their number and saying, I, I was looking for you, you didn't show up. And I know that, cause there was a point we all felt that of like someone sought us out. So, yeah. 
Yeah, lately I've been thinking about just kind of like, you know, Daniel's been challenging like his followers of Jesus. We're supposed to live in to God's welcome and like extend that welcome beyond outside. And we've been talking a lot about that. Just how we need to be intentional and have a posture of listening and kind of getting to know that. But I kind of also want to think about like in what ways have I been personally just failed at extending God's welcome. And I've been thinking about recently and just like sometimes how I treat my kids. Like sometimes um, my kids are homeschooled and so sometimes I do a math lesson with them. And it came up again this week where like they didn't understand a concept or they didn't do as well on the work as I would like. And like I get those feelings bubbling up and like, <laughs> what's the matter with you? Like, you're my kid. You're supposed to be like, you're really good at math and stuff like that. I'm the best math teacher ever invented or whatever. <laughs> um, when it would, when it in like public school, I'd be like super patient and like, hey, can you do this, this? And you know, and it's like, I'm like, why is that? Why am I so unwelcoming to my own kid versus a random stranger's kid? The <laughs> expectations mm. are different. It is, but I think there's a certain selfishness in it too. Like it's yeah. like, oh, you're a reflection of me. If yeah. somebody else finds out that you're not good at this somehow, that for some reason I'm putting all this on you, that it's a poor reflection of me. And so there's this, this like selfishness involved in that too. So I'm wondering what, and if you guys have any areas you can think of, just where like God can work at you at being more welcoming or areas where you're failing at welcoming others. I do, but I'm not willing to share. <laughs> I think, because I don't know who's going to hear this. <laughs> but something does come to mind. Yeah. And um, it's not that challenging to do, but I have to be intentional about it. Mm. And I will be, yeah. but I, I, I just can't say the Don't circumstances. Yeah. That hit a lot, what you were saying, Sopa, it hit a lot with, with my two kids, you know, yeah. especially I think the pandemic's got us all a little too close to each other for yeah. too long. Um, so I, I keep finding myself that I just need to have grace, and patience, and really, you know, um, just allow the that area for growth like you right. said i'm a teacher too and if it was my kids i'm so much more patient i'm so much more understanding and I'm, but when it comes you know when it comes to my, my kid at home i'm like like that you right. know <laughs> so I, I see that and then i i also um like i was saying earlier just want to be get back to that point of seeking out those people that that look like they need someone to talk to or or that they need that extra uh push to to get connected and to feel part of you know this community and yeah your story about your kids is like totally resonates with me also <laughs> i mean i'm i'm the worst like, i was a camp counselor in college like every summer and I was like, you know, the kids love me. I still stay in touch with a lot of those kids. But I am the worst dad in the world. So, <laughs> so mean to my kids. I have such high expectations for them. Um, but, you know, 
one of the areas I could improve upon is um, being an introvert. Like, if I see somebody I know, like, out in public, you know, my wife would be like, oh, it's, it's like, roll down the window. Hey! <laughs> I see somebody I know, like, in Costco, I'm like, taking a right like, in that aisle so that I don't have to, like, talk to them and stuff. I so resonate with that. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, I'm an that's introvert me. that way. That's me, too. You must be loving the mask thing. Oh, I love flossing. I love masks. I'm like, dude, we should be keeping this mask thing forever. Like, as an introvert, you like cover your face. Like, you love. I love it. I'm getting kind of comfortable too. And I I was telling somebody, even though I'm an extrovert, but like when I'm out, it's kind of nice, just kind of flying under the radar. Yeah, yeah. Feel like you know, it's stay in your own little bubble and get in and out. I have gotten better about like you know, if I see a friend out out in the world. Um, to try to like you know talk to them, connect with them. Not even just a friend, but like an acquaintance, somebody I may know from somewhere. Um, I've gotten better, I must admit. But a couple of years ago, man, no way. Like if I saw you, I was like making a U-turn. Yeah, so that's definitely an area. Just for me, just being more um, open, more um, conversing with people, people I know, people I don't know, and trying to connect with them. Even you know, frankly, even in you know, pause of time. I'm the guy that, like, you know, doesn't just kind of, like, hi and, like, wants to keep walking, you know? Um, so those are areas that I need to improve upon to be more connected. Hmm. Do you think that um, sometimes with extroverts, you that those kind of people <laughs> can actually be too much? Absolutely. Oh, okay. For sure. So, yeah, so that's how we, we still need to navigate things. Um, I'm a hugger. I came from a family of huggers, and that is, it's not even something that I even think about. Mm. I, I had a best girlfriend when I first came to California. She was not a hugger, and when I would hug her, I would feel her do this. Yeah. Um, but eventually... After years, she lightened up a bit. But I had, I think it was, um, there was something said at a a Sunday, one of our Sunday services, um, that let me know that, especially now, that people are just, they're not good with that, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I'm constantly thinking, you know, um, watch it, because not everybody wants to be touched. And that was just interesting. And I, I know the whole germ thing. I know. <laughs> but still, I, I think there's people who even before this, they're just not comfortable with that. So, I mean, it goes both ways. You can think you're being friendly. And somebody goes, oh, my goodness, she's on 100. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like... And you you just never know. I think some other ways where I'm failing at extending hospitality, I think it's to to my family, like like the family I grew up with. And I look at their lives and I feel like, look, we grew up in the same house. What is the matter with you guys? Why are you guys like this? Why are you so... You know, you know, you can fill in the rest of the <laughs> And I feel like, yeah, I don't know why it is. That, and part of it is maybe I'm not 
recognizing the gift and the grace that God has done a work in my life because they don't all know the Lord. And so maybe that I'm not recognizing that, you know, if without God, these things would be in place for me also. And so I do, I do struggle with that sometimes too. And even with random strangers, especially like if they have an accent and I apologize to anybody that speaks with an accent, um, just cause I mean, like I struggled, I just worked, worked. So I don't speak with an accent. It's just whatever I chose to do as a kid. And I'm like, I know I catch myself. So there's this one time at Disneyland on the jungle cruise ride, which is one of my favorite rides because of all the awful jokes. <laughs> but there was like a recent immigrant or something like that. And he just, he didn't get the timing right. His accent was really thick and it really bothered me. And I'm like, what's the matter with me? Like, why do I feel like that? And I don't, yeah, I don't know what to do with that. And I don't know why that is. Like, of course, I'm not perfect and stuff like that. And so I think back to the expectation with the kids, like I'm, I don't know why I put expectations on other people like that. And I guess that's the whole, the whole, everybody does it. It puts, mm -hmm. they expect other people to be the same as them. Like I'm expecting other people to be exactly like me. And so, and I think that's the root of it, right? Yeah. But you're seeing it even in your family. Yeah. You're yeah. saying, we grew up in the same house. Yeah. Why are you like that? Exactly. I'm like, why yes. are you like that? Do you have something like that? Are you, oh. Are you, oh, yeah. How many siblings do you have? Um, I am the oldest of eight. Oldest. It's oh, the oldest. Yeah. I'm the same way. I'm, yeah. the, I'm the oldest of three, but it's yeah. the same thing. I look at them like, what is wrong with you? Like, get your life together. And it's like, <laughs> like, I think it's an oldest thing. I'm the oldest of five. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> Like, yeah. The oldest are just like we're like you know the second parents, so we're like <laughs> yeah. So like I feel like sometimes I'm withholding grace from. Yeah. That. I mean like like in all honesty, like we've had to cut off my current immediate family from that side because of mm -hmm. all the like some bad some things went down and things like that. And I think we're okay with that decision, but I'm wondering how like if we ever broach like go back and like rethink that or do something like that. And so that's kind of a struggle. It gets harder the longer you wait. Yeah, but, yeah. And it's rough. We yeah. always think, well, if I was a better Christian, right. I wouldn't be angered with that person because of his accent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what, why that bothers me so much. It just does. It's kind of dumb. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I want to end on that. I, what do you guys think about kind of this whole talk? What are you going on that? I thought it was good. I mean, I'll have to hear the tape. I don't know. I, I, I think I sounded good, but I don't know. I'm trying, I'm trying to hear it. Like, you speak, I don't sound want to hear it. Oh, so so <laughs> didn't make any sense. <laughs> no, I, I enjoyed it. And thank you for the invite. Thanks for reaching out. And I liked hearing everybody's stories and, and uh, just where everybody's at. Yeah, I definitely love hearing more about you guys and just knowing more and just kind of definitely, this, uh, like you said, Manny, just the story. Like, I want to hear more about Chicago, Ramona, like, you know, just cause, oh. and how growing up. In Listen the, yeah. to the news. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I know, but I want, I want to know how 
what growing up there was like girl, yeah. growing up in a black church. Like I feel, I feel that can inform how we can do ch- we do church. Yeah. Like I grew up in a Cambodian church, and there's parts of it that are good that can form our church, and you know, there's other parts that maybe we don't need the three-hour prayer meeting. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe we don't need to get away with that. But uh, yeah, so like that's what I want to know. Mm. I want to know what Tack thinks. Because he sits there and looks at people and watches. <laughs> and I want to know how jo- Johanna puts up all these middle schoolers. I couldn't stand middle schoolers. Like, oh, like, 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 bunch of kids ever. And like, I why? taught it for three like, years. I'm like, I can't ever go back. Yeah, I'm never going back. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it was. That's the roughest bunch. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that's how we move forward in those hospitalities. Is starting with like getting to know the people God had already set before us mm-hmm. deeper. And that I think I was. I was talking to somebody last night. It's just, if we're going to be hospitable, like, if I'm going to welcome somebody in my home for a long term, because that's what church is, and that's what Christianity is, your same household long term, right? Like, so if you imagine somebody coming in your house long term, maybe you can put up the facade for a day or two, but after a while, it's gone. Like, they're going to know the real you. Like, you're not cleaning up out there, and they're going to know the real you. And I think that's how we move forward with this hospitality thing. It just step into spaces where we're allowing people to see the real us and all our brokenness, right? And also allowing them space so that we can see them and their brokenness and meeting each other's needs in that way. I don't know what they're going to do with this tape, but mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to do anything productive with it, but... I feel like just getting like five people in a room together to talk about a difficult subject is a good intentional step, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. for us five and maybe for anyone else who hears the tape. <laughs> or, yeah. And it sounds like they're having other. They're gonna put it online. Okay. Mm-hmm. It sounds like they're having other meetings as well, yeah. which um, with other subject matters or other you know groups of people, people groups. <laughs> <laughs> but I think those are all good intentional steps. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I hope it benefits the church, benefits the congregation. Sure. I realized I didn't answer the last question. <laughs> but, um, so but yes. You got it all together. <laughs> yes, I am an extrovert, <laughs> but I do a really great job at hiding. Yeah. Hiding and seeing, like, can I trust this person? Can I, are they going to be able to hold all of my brokenness? So I think that's where I need to improve. Mm. of like okay if I'm hurt I'm hurt but if I if I'm desiring this for this person to trust me and to be welcomed I should like allow them to hold it too for me um yeah because I'm it's really easy to hide because I've been starting oh I see someone let me hide in the other eye (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and that's where I need to improve. I don't hide, but I'm a mask wearer. So you, you can get me, you can see me, but you may not get beyond um, a certain level. I know there would be times where I would say something and people would look at me like, and I'd be like, oh, oh you know, did I say something wrong? And somebody said to me, well, Ramona, you, you think that way, and you've had a lot of time to think about it, but you're just now saying that to somebody else. That's why they're, 
look so surprised. It doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. But then that taught me to be like, you know, rein it in, you know, say the things that's acceptable. Um, <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't be too much, you know. Um, and because um, you'll scare people away. Um, and that's the thing. <laughs> so I, don't, I won't run from you. But I, I may not be, you say, if you're inviting someone into your home, how long can you hide? Mm -hmm. A very long time. Yeah. If you're good at it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so is that something I want to be? Not necessarily, but it's something that I'm used to. Mm -hmm. Because um, I think bad things have been said about the real person. You know, mm -hmm. so it's like you get the person that I want to be mm -hmm. yeah. because um, she, you know, that other one, mm -hmm. crazy, loud, you know, all of that. But this one is a performance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's easier to accept. And I hope this doesn't go anywhere. Can just, we edit this? Say, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This out now, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just looked at the time, and I promised you not to go past 8.30, but it's past 8.30. Oh, so, man. Um, <laughs> I ask one of you guys to pray for us, just anybody, to sure. close our time together. Sure. Yeah. Heavenly Father, you know us, and you are still writing out our stories. Um, I thank you that you've brought us to this table um, to hear bits and pieces of each other's story. Uh, fill us with your spirit, a spirit of hope for this community, community that we love, that we have been a part of for years, um, or just a few. I know that you are at work, and so I ask that we have a heart that is open, that our community is open for that change, um, that you fill us with patience in our own homes and in this home to see, just, yeah, to see a body come together, your body. Um, thank you for loving us for seeking us, um, for making us feel known in your presence always. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, yeah.